This is Weirdly Enough, your regular podcast for strange stories and amazing facts. Delivered straight to your favorite podcast directory and at weirdlyenough.com. Now, here are your hosts, Andy and Len. Welcome back to another thrilling installment of Weirdly Enough. I'm your host, Andy Kane. I'm also joined by uh, Len Johnson. Good uh, morning, afternoon, evening. How are you today? Not too bad. Good. We're going to be talking all about simulation theory today. It's a huge subject. Um, a lot, a lot of, uh, uh, a, a lot of ideas floating about. That uh, what was that thing? The Truman Show. That film. That, that basically the whole of of uh, his reality was was made up by a show. Is that kind of what we're we're looking at it's, here? It's sort of like that, only on a sort of humanity wide basis. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the simulation theory. It's quite interesting, but also quite disturbing. Yes. And, and the applications uh-huh. of it because. It's that whole sort of thing of how would you know yeah, if you're uh-huh. in a simulation or not? Um, there's a simulation hypothesis uh, that was created by a guy called Nick Bostrom, and apparently Elon Musk is a big believer in this. Okay, and this idea is that if humanity can survive long enough to create technology that's capable of actually running simulations of reality, it'll create loads of simulations and there'll be lots of simulated realities only one base reality so in his opinion by statistics it's more likely that we're living in a simulation at the moment rather than the so-called base reality okay um so everything around us nothing is real apart from nothing is real yeah uh-huh. so we're just we are basically just glitches in the matrix or right uh-huh. you know um now musk is big into this now another plank in musk's argument is how cool video games are these days. And there's a quote from 2016. Um, now, again, he is known to enjoy a smoke. So right, okay. That's possibly my influence in that. Yes. Little bit. In 2016, he explained, 40 years ago we had Pong, T-Rock, Tangos, and a dot. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D with minds playing simultaneously. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality, even if that rate of advancement drops by 1,000 from what it is now. It's a given that we're clearly on a trajectory that we're going to have games that are indistinguishable from reality. Yeah. It would seem to follow the odds that we're in a base reality as one in billions. It's, it's kind of like the whole thing of people that say, well, the Wright brothers... We went from the Wright brothers' flight to, you know, flying into space in yeah, what, yeah. 40, 50 years. Yeah. So, you know, how did that happen if it wasn't like alien technology? So Musk saying, you know, computer games are so advanced that uh, it could it could all be a, a mad simulation. We're in. A bit like that Red Dwarf yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. What was that Red Dwarf simulation called? Oh, I can't remember. But it's a disturbing idea because how would you know? If you yeah, are in a simulation, uh-huh. like we could be in a sim- like how do you know what's real? Yes. It's like uh-huh. one of the things that sort of it makes me kind of think is the fact that no two people perceive colour exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that's true. And it'd be smell and taste and, and everything. Yes. And I even sound like I mean I was often shocked when I listened to podcast recordings how deep my voice is. Because yeah. it, in uh-huh. my head it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. You know, so I suppose that's a bit of a random example, but um, another thing about simulation or another piece of evidence is people talk about the very weird news that's been happening over the past five years or so. Okay, yeah. Very that's that's very strange. Yeah, things like Donald Trump. Yeah. the whole Donald Trump phenomenon. Um, and, and again, this is an argument that it's, um, 
If they'd found aliens, you wouldn't be that surprised with all that's going on. You know, it wouldn't really be a big, a big startling piece of reality. It wouldn't be um, a surprise at all. Another argument is the Goldilocks zone. Okay. Um, and that Earth exists within what biologists call a a Goldilocks zone because we're close enough to the sun that it's it's warm enough, but not too warm. Mm So that we, you know, we can, life can exist. And it's, it's apparently it's so statistically unlikely. Yes. They swift say, well, how can that even be real? You know, yeah. um, in, uh, 1992, the, the Red Dwarf episode, Back to Reality, it was called, where, mm-hmm. where the, uh, Dave Lister on rumor Crichton and the cat take to Starbug to investigate the wreckage of a ship called the SSS Esperanto, uh, on an ocean covered moon. Um, and there's some sort of hallucinogenic that they take and they think that they're waking up from a simulation of, from a, from a video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite cool because the, the next people that are coming in to play the game are already there. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're waking up in some sort of like fascist state. And one of them is like a fascist policeman and oh, well, yeah. all sorts of weird stuff. And, and, uh, the cat's actually Dwayne Dibley. Do you remember Dwayne Dibley? Oh, wait, Dwayne, Dwayne Dibley. Dibley. That was a good, that was a good. That was good. 1992. Uh, yeah, back to reality if you want to, want to find that. Another very interesting idea, and this is one thing that's new to me, is that ghosts and the paranormal is elements that were in the simulation. Um, because they argue that this paranormal events aren't hauntings or alien encounters, but glitches in the simulation. They're yeah. mistakes uh-huh. in the simulation. Uh-huh. And it's explored on Reddit forums, like, are, are we living in a simulation and are glitch in the matrix? Mm-hmm. Um, where, there's all these kind of weird anomalies that people have supposedly come across that, again, it's a bit like creepy positive mm-hmm. from previous weeks, but, um, such as a storefront existing in a town one day and then it doesn't. Um, explanations <laughs> include a slip between parallel timelines or a pop-up. Again, we did a thing about time slips. Yeah, time slips a few weeks ago. And you I, can search for it on our podcast directories. And again, that sort of come ties onto this idea. Um, yeah. Um, it's very, very strange. Um, and, and as, now this is a bit of an interesting idea as well. There's a guy called Zore Davuti, who is a nuclear physics physicist. Yeah. And he says that he, we can't really prove we're not in a simulation. Right, yes. I mean, so, how would you prove it? Yeah. Um, and he says that cosmic rays, the most energetic particles known to man, would appear as pixel-like chunks of a real planet simulation uh-huh. and unending beams if we're in base reality. Right. And uh-huh. there's a philosopher out of NYU, which I think is University of New York, called David Chalmers, and he just says it's some it's possible to prove that we don't live in the matrix. He, well, he doubts it's possible to do it. Mm-hmm. He says, you're not going to get proof we're not in a simulation because any evidence that we could get would be simulated. Mm. So it's a bit of a sort of, ah, yeah. so kind of not, argument. If, you know. if you're already in the matrix, you're not going to get any evidence that you, you were there. Um, the simulation theory goes back as far as René Descartes. Yes. Uh, we'll have a Descartes moment. It's, if you ever listen to Frank Skinner's podcast, they talk about Descartes. Oh, well, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the presenters in that thought it was Descartes rather than Descartes. Descartes. Yeah. But René Descartes um, was around about the uh, 1600s. So that's pre-deaths computers. That's uh, interesting because I, again, maybe I should have done more research, but um, I assumed it was a very computer kind of age mm. idea because mm-hmm. it's all based around you know, simulations on computers, but tell me about But he had a lot of, um, a, a lot of, uh, he did a lot of philosophy and one of them was, was the, 
posing the question that we could all be living some sort of dream or simulation. Yeah. My favourite ever bit of philosophy, and I, I didn't do philosophy. Right. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I always fire this one out to impress people. Okay, what's this? Smart and stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of the Chinese philosopher? No. He, one night, he dreamt that he was a butterfly. Right, okay. And then he awoke, and he was talking to his friends about it, and then he suddenly thought, well, hang on, how do I know... You know, that, that I'm dreaming. a philosopher dreaming of a butterfly. What if I'm a butterfly <laughs> dreaming that I'm a Chinese philosopher? Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, and again, that sort of ties into sort mm-hmm. of simulation theory. We did this m- probably in the last series, the Boltzmann brain. Oh, yes, the, the Boltzmann, Boltzmann brain. brain. Uh, it's an argument that it's kind of a thought experiment. It suggests that it's more likely for a single brain to spontaneously and briefly form in a void. Uh, so in a void in the universe, the chemicals to create a brain that's just sitting there on its own with its own thoughts and its own simulation of life. It's far more um, possible to yeah. happen than actually life on planets and things as we know it. So it was a guy called Ludwig Boltzmann uh, who came up with the, the Boltzmann brain theory. Uh, he was around in the uh, 18, late uh, 1800s, mm. an Austrian uh, from Vienna. So Boltzmann Brain, do you, uh, search for that on weirdlyenough.com. You'll find more information. I think I think we did a podcast about that some time ago. I think we did, yes. It was, it was on Series 1 or Series 2. I, uh, I was Series 2. Series yeah, 2, yeah. Quite, quite recently, Boltzmann Brain, but it blew my brain when I, when I thought about it, you know, and there's lots of... Uh, Lots of stuff about the Boltzmann brain and, and simulation theory and, uh, and stuff out there if you go go and look for it. Excellent. Do you remember Yanni versus Laurel? Oh, yes. Yeah, that whole... Was it a dress? No, was it the colour of a dress? It was a dress, yes. And some of us saw a blue dress and others saw a gold dress. Right, okay. Did you say blue or gold? I think it was blue. I say I saw blue. Apparently, most people say blue. Right, okay. But some people genuinely say gold. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and this is a sort of controversy that talks about... This. Again, this is what I was alluding to before. Each of us lives in our own world. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and what we perceive as reality is partly a simulation created by our brains using our past experiences uh-huh. um, to help us process the fragments of data that we're receiving. Uh-huh. Um, it's like that idea of whenever you see things in the clouds, you see like faces in the clouds because uh-huh. the human brain yeah. is uh-huh. wired up to recognize faces. Yeah. It's like an uh-huh. evolutionary uh-huh. thing. Yeah. And the human brain is wired to recognize patterns. Right. Okay. So it ties into a few episodes ago, we were doing about uh-huh. electronic voice phenomena. Yeah. Uh-huh. The human brain is wired to recognize voices. Okay. I'm getting Yanni or Laurel. There's Laurel. It's Yanni. Oh, that's definitely Laurel. That's definitely Yanni. That's Yanni. But I heard it first. There's Yanni. I heard it first. No, it's, it's Yanni. There's no Laurel. And there. when I heard had it turned on. Did they do that again? This is this is like John and about the start one. Right. I had to turn the volume. Yanni. No, it's Laurel. It's Yanni. Yanni. It's always Yanni. That's weird. Laurel. Laurel. But I did hear Yanni the first time. I only hear Yanni. I don't hear Laurel right. at all. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah, That's Yanni really weird. Experiment. Yeah. Uh, do let us know what you hear uh, by getting in touch podcast at Weirdly Enough. Uh, we're, we're on there. 
But there's more. Oh, right. Wait. Come here, come here. There's more. There's uh, more. What is it? Aliens. Um, this is an idea that aliens would be far more technologically advanced than we are. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the fact we haven't located them suggests we live in a simulation they figured out how to escape from. Ah. So, so the aliens escaped from the simulation. Or maybe, maybe we're in the same dimension as the aliens. Or alternatively, the computer we're in only has enough RAM to simulate one planetary civilization at a time. <laughs> RAM. But see, this is the messed up thing. Have you ever heard of transhumanism? No. This is the big coming thing. Okay, what's this? Um, out of Silicon Valley, because, you know, this is the idea that it's tied in like, you know, like the singularity. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there's different dates. People talk, it could be as early as 2030 or it could okay. be towards the end uh-huh. of the century. Where literally you can upload your consciousness on, onto the onto the cloud yes. or the internet or a database uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. So theoretically, you you become immortal. Uh-huh. I mean, but obviously, you know, you wouldn't need your your body anymore. You'd just be data in the matrix, you know. So if you died, then they could just reboot it. But I suppose what they could do is, I mean, they could grow you another body in a vat. Yeah. Uh-huh. To your specifications. Yes. And just uh-huh. upload you into the body. Upload, yeah. You know, whatever age you want, whatever race you want, whatever gender you want. But if you died suddenly in an accident, you'd be dead in an accident. But your backup would continue, but that wouldn't be you. Yeah. It's like if you have a computer that goes down and all the files are lost, but you've got a backup on a hard drive. Yeah. Although those are identical files, it's not the same computer. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not the, it's not you. Anymore. There's a really disturbing thing I came across on Facebook, and it's one of these things you kind of laugh at it, and then, you're actually slightly disturbed by it. Okay. Well, and <laughs> it was a, you probably saw it yourself, it was a picture of like a, a brain, a spinal cord, mm-hmm. and some eyes. Right. And basically what they're saying is that's actually what you are. And you say the rest of your body, that's just like. It's a peripheral. A, a kind of vehicle that you. Yes. That's what uh-huh. create, like alien like yeah. That's the way alien like things actually what you are. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you just <laughs> use us as a kind of like, like a body, like you know. It's like, what do you call those things in Doctor Who that ride? Daleks. Daleks, They're yeah, yeah. squiggly things inside it. Basically, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, simulation theory is my old chestnut. I don't know why it's in my, but hmm. the old chestnut of the Mandela effect right. yeah, would oh, be yes. easily explained. That was the whole thing where people say, oh, but Mandela yeah. died years ago. Exactly, because if this was all a simulation, then that would easily explain it. Yeah. Because, uh-huh. again, it's just glitches in the matrix. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's pretty much it. But, um, oh, yes, just another way, thing: climate change. It could, the, the, the way, you know, it looks like we're moving the kind of global warming and all these environmental issues, it could be... Um, suggesting that we're actually a simulation that was created to show our creators how to solve an environmental crisis. Right. So mm-hmm. they're running a simulation. <laughs> what what would happen yeah. if this happened yeah. and how, you know, what would they do? What would happen if Trump came along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about Descartes uh, being, you know, somebody in history that thought of it, but Plato, uh, you know, was around about 400 BC. He, um, uh, um, he wrote the allegory of a cave, and that, oh, that yeah. kind of came from the simulation theory. And the fourth century BC, as well, um, back in in uh, China, 
Zhu Yangzi. I hope I'm saying that right. That's yeah. the guy that had the Chinese butterfly dream. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, about. yeah. So it has. It's, it's been a theory that's been around and thought about for for a long time, and, and our, our uh, ancestors speculated on and thought about it. Uh, Rivoli, that's one of the most interesting, weirdly enough, I've done in quite a while. I, you know, something that you go away and think about. It's interesting, it's slightly disturbing as well. When you yes. think about it, like, uh-huh. you kind of go a bit crazy, kind of thing, <coughs> stuff like that, you know? <laughs> Don't go mad. I'll be back in a minute with a few weird snippets. So, a few weeks ago, I was talking about a guy who could chug a soda drink in the fastest time, giving him a place in uh, the Guinness Book of Records. Well, another more interesting and probably colourful feat has been now achieved in New Mexico, where the organisers of the Albuquerque International Balloon Festival, or Balloon Fiesta, it's called, actually, have broken their own record of 329 hot air balloons. This time they launched 524 at the same time. I do wonder, uh, with uh, something like that, how hard it is to stop them all crashing into each other, because you wouldn't think balloons would... Can really navigate very well. And I wouldn't have thought so, no. No. Uh, but if you're in the New Mexico area, keep a lookout, uh, though, as the next festival is scheduled to start on the 2nd of October. Uh, and in other world record news, a Canadian man has successfully skated, it's inline skate, 600, uh, or 6,200 miles across Canada to raise awareness of bee conservation while at the same time gaining a position in the record books. And an Irish man has broken a record for bouncing two basketballs 729 times in a minute. That's rather f- fast. And moving on with massive record-breaking things, have you heard recently the vintage uh, tech that's going on sale for astronomical prices, so mm-hmm. computer games awesome. and things? Well, a copy of... And this is only 1996, which seems like not that long ago. Okay, yeah. it's 25 years, but... Is it? Or is it 35? No, it's 25. Copy of the 1996 Super Mario game has sold for over £1 million. Jeez. 96 doesn't sound like too far away, but idiots will pay anything, I suppose. And another tech item that's recently gone under the hammer is a manual for an Apple II computer, which was signed by Steve Jobs. So this is just the book that came with it. It reached uh, over $787,000 and apparently was bought... Uh, by uh, by the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, which I assume are, are some sort of football team. Uh, the manual has an inscription which read, uh, which read, Julian, your generation is the first to grow up with computers. Go change the world. <laughs> go change, go change the world, <laughs> that's, that's, boy. That's very inspirational. Hey, go, hey, Julian. Hey, Julian, go, go change the world. I, he says something he said, but I go change the world. I wouldn't name the word, but <laughs> You'd start a simulation theory about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Julian in question was the son of Mike Brewer, who uh, later went on to become managing director of Apple UK. So there you go. Yes. Uh, uh, we'll be back again next. Uh, we're actually taking a break for a holiday, so we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we're not just going to disappear again because of COVID, although, well, you never know what Touch happens wood. in a week. Touch wood. And let's, hope, let's hope we can... You know, yes, sustain. Can we reprogram the simulation? Uh, yeah. to go in a more positive direction I think that might be a good idea uh, have a great uh, fortnight we'll talk to you soon folks thanks for listening to Weirdly Enough remember to subscribe to get the latest edition as soon as it drops and don't forget to leave a review email us about anything we've discussed or with your own weird tale at podcast at weirdlyenough.com <laughs> <laughs>